Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education and I look forward to being in conversation with Dr Cindy Hovington and Anel Lestage discussing homeschooling today. First of all, let's introduce Dr Cindy Hovington, founder of Curious Neuron and host of the Curious Neuron podcast. EDX Education first met Cindy through Instagram where we asked for expert advice on open-ended toys and materials. Little did we know Cindy's a mother of three, all currently at home with her whilst working and providing educational activities. Cindy has a great podcast where she talks about different topics for parents on child development, ADHD, helping children to play and so much more. Cindy studied mental health and cognition during her PhD and also a postdoctoral in education. This is when she realized there's an abundance of information in research that parents, early childhood educators and teachers should all know. Cindy's amazing at making extremely scientific research, relatable and user-friendly for people to understand and comprehend. Curious Neuron's mission is to make relevant scientific research available to everyone who has a child or works with a child. As a mum and expert in her field today, she'll chat with us about homeschooling, work-life balance and simple play ideas together with Anel Lestage. I'll pass you over to Cindy Hovington to introduce Anel Lestage. Anel. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I think we're going to have a wonderful chat today about all these topics that we're, we're sort of wondering what to do now, right? Being home with our kids. And uh, I, I specialize in the preschool years. And so I'll be talking about my own home work-life balance, how to schedule when you have preschool kids at home. Um, but then we'll have Anel, who's, uh, I met her through Instagram as well. And she's currently a homeschool, uh, she's currently a mom of five and she homeschools her children. She's a former music teacher and she'll be able to provide you the information if you have older children at home that were in school and now you're wondering how to continue their education and make sure that everything is okay for them and they keep learning what they were learning at school. So I guess we'll start with the early years, if that's okay with you, Heather. Um, just perhaps I'll give a little bit of a background in terms of what I do and what's important. Um, and it comes back to independent play if you want your children to develop that. So now our schedule here, we have a set schedule when it comes to meal times, nap times, um, bedtimes and snack times. Everything that has to do with eating and sleeping is scheduled in. Everything in between that is not scheduled because it, it's play. Now, if you're at home and you have the time to play with your kids, what I say is always think about the different um, areas of development or the different areas, uh, different types of play. So whether it's pretend play, um, quiet time where you do a puzzle or you're reading a book, um, it could be um, arts and crafts, it could be free play with these open-ended toys. So an open-ended toy is something that really uh, has more than one function. So you would have, um, let's say the opposite of that would be a little track that has a car and you press the button and the button goes up, the, the car goes up the track, right? So that's one set goal for a toy. But when, we when you have things like building blocks or the rainbow pebbles that edX Education has, then there are endless possibilities that you could do with these open-ended toys. Now, um, so we have different categories. If you want to know more about these categories, you can head up, you can, uh, on Instagram, you could click on my link and I have a PDF, a two-page PDF that's free that allows you to see different categories you could think of throughout your day to help you come up with activities. And I also have examples of activities. So just to give you a continue in terms of what we do here at home. So in between meal times and snack times, it's play time. And um, what helps when you want your child to play independently is playing with them first, because then they build that, um, 
I had heard it said in a way that was really beautiful. You're filling up their, their kind of love box, right? So they, they want that connection with you and they want um, that, that bond at the beginning. So by playing and sitting down with them and spending that time with them, then you could step away to do whether it's house chores or it's um, a work if you're working from home. But take that time before, if you start at nine, take that time before to really sit down with them and start a game or start a pretend play because that'll allow them to continue the play once you start working. And that really helps us here in our home. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of sensory bins. That with preschool children helps a lot. So it's taking, um, I should have brought one, but it's taking any container that you have. It could be a storage bin or even a baking dish, something that is shallow, and placing, uh, depending on the age of your child. So if your child is three and over, you can put some rice, dried rice and dried beans, if your child is younger, you could put just a little splash of water or some cereal um, that, so it's edible and they can eat it and giving them some um, bowls, some measuring cups, uh, things that they could pour in and pour out. So these are life skills that children love to do from, five, from one to five. They love pouring things in. They love mixing things up. So giving them that bin and that freedom to sort of explore what's in that bin really allows them to play much longer. Again, if you've never introduced that to them, do it slowly when you have time. So before nine o'clock, if you're working and give them the time to explore it, explore it with them, show them how to use certain measuring cups and to pour and to fill cups up. Uh, and taking that time with them will really have a huge impact when it comes to them, uh, having them play more independently after. And uh, then if you're able to um, create some moments where you play songs and you sing and you dance in between that time where you have to do either house chores or you have to work again, try to bring in time of togetherness and time of independent play. By mixing everything up, you get more independent play as you keep doing this. Um, and then in terms of your environment or the play environment, what helps out a lot is having different stations. So not just having a box of toys, but taking things out and sort of inviting them to play. And what we do is we have two or three little tables in our, on our main floor. And one table, I might set up um, their Legos. And on another table, I might set up a little sensory bin. And on a different table, I might have a puzzle. Um, so my kids will, throughout the morning, explore each table and explore each area that was set up the night before. And it's something new. They're looking at the puzzle or maybe they have a little container um, filled with some art supplies and that'll allow them to um, become curious and want to explore that new play area within their main play area. So you don't have to have three tables, but you can have on the floor different setups of toys. So that's a quick little a snippet of what I do in my home. Uh, I'll let Anel speak about um, elementary school and what you do if you really have to teach that curriculum for older children. If enough, enough. <laughs> okay, <laughs> had to unmute myself. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, so I have five children ages 12 down to one year old. Um, and my three oldest are formally schooling um, in seventh grade, fifth grade, and then kindergarten. And um, something that is key is having a routine or a rhythm. Um, much like Cindy, our, our schooling time is not exactly scheduled, but we do have an idea of what we'll do, be doing throughout the day. Um, so what I do is set a subject for each day, and um, we try to cover 
as much of the subject for that day. So for example, today, Monday, we would do history. And then later on in the day, we will do some arts and crafts and um, things like that. Um, but I try to focus on just one subject at a time rather than filling their whole day with way too much. Um, and even with older kids, I think it's important to to keep in mind that they are children. Um, even my 12 year old does need a break from schooling and to be able to still play and have some outdoor time as well. Um, I am going to share with you uh, in the screen our routine. I hope that you're able to see it here. Can you guys see that? Oh yeah, I see it, yep. Okay, great. So this is what our our daily routine looks like. Um, it We start with waking up and personal time. And this is the time where my kids are able to play on their own, just some ind independent free play, or they can get ready for the day, whatever it is that they need for themselves for that day. Um, a little bit of self-care for children. Um, and this also allows me to get ready for the day and then, um, be able to come downstairs by pound. and um, be able to come downstairs and get some stuff ready for lesson time later on. After that, then we gather together and this is where we have some devotional time. Um, we read a couple verses, some poetry, as well as have breakfast. And then um, after we clean up, we sit around the table and do what we call table work or our lesson for the day. And this usually lasts about an hour, um, maybe an hour and a half. And I've been homeschooling my kids for eight years now. So I find that one to two hours for elementary age children is a good time frame for schooling or for formal um, lessons. And then two to three hours for middle schoolers three to four hours for high schoolers. And I would not recommend more than that because then it starts to become overwhelming for them as well as for ourselves as mom slash teacher. Um, and then I alternate with my husband when the days that he is home, which currently is every day, but <laughs> on the regular, when he is home, um, he handles history lessons and um, art as well. So if you are able to get support from someone, that will greatly help you in catching a break. I know that being the sole educator and mother and some of us who are stay-at-home moms um, can become a lot to be, to be doing all of it on your own. So if you're able to get some help, that's great. Um, after our table work, we then have active play. And this is where my kids are able to burn a little energy. I don't structure that play time. They can go outside. It's more like recess, I would say. Um, they're able to go outside and just um, hang out, play. Um, and this is also when I spend a little bit more time with the, with the baby. I'm able to take care of the baby, put him down for a nap or feed him, whatever I need to do with the baby, because if, if I haven't taken care of the baby first, that usually throws us off. 
Um, and then once the kids come in, they help to prepare lunch. And then um, we have a quiet hour and the younger kids have a nap time. Um, during quiet hour, my older kids don't typically nap, but they do stay in their rooms or in the play area and have to play quietly um, so that the younger kids can get a break and I can get a break as well. <laughs> uh, so that usually means that they're reading or creating something like a craft that they are able to do on their own. Um, Open-ended play as well is something that they tend to do. Even my older kids will go after those blocks and uh, imaginative play. Mm. And then um, that usually lasts about an hour as well. And then after that, we come back downstairs into our schooling area. We don't have a classroom exactly. Our schooling kind of spreads around the house. So our main lesson happens here where we are now. We sit around the table at the dining, in the dining room, and I have minimal supplies. Um, I have a shelf that has books um, that I use for teaching the kids. And then there are their workbooks or notebooks in there. And then I also have a cart that has craft supplies. My children do have unlimited access to the craft supplies, um, but I have organized it in a way that my toddlers have um, supplies that are appropriate for their age as well. You know, more like my older kids have temper paints and watercolors and nicer um, art supplies, whereas my toddlers have the color wonders or the water wow, you know, those little brushes that you put water in mm -hmm. and it, it only colors on the paper. Uh, so they're still able to get that creativity going, but in a way where they aren't drawing on the walls or destroying the house. <laughs> So we'll have our. I, I think you brought up an important point in terms of letting, allowing them to have access to certain things. If we create an area where they can access little art supplies that are appropriate for them, it allows them again to continue playing a little bit longer. From from my yeah. experience as well. Yeah, totally. Um, after, during their creative time, I, I will sometimes um, direct, but for for the most part, they're self-directed. Um, it's whatever, whatever piques their interest. So some days my older kids are doing clay modeling, other days they watercolor, and my two oldest are only two years apart. So they are, because of their age being very close, they're very good friends and they do tend to agree. It's a boy and a girl. <laughs> and they tend to agree on what they will do during creative time. Um, and I let them, kind of lead the way for the younger ones and their younger siblings just want to copy whatever it is they they do it um, and during this creative hour I also have I use this creative hour for myself as well to do a project um, currently I'm sewing something so while they're doing their own creative time I'm also having a, an outlet for myself and then other times I journal instead of creating a craft and then after that, we prep for dinner. And this is, 
after dinner is the structured part of our day where we do bath, reading, bedtime routine, and then they're in their rooms. That's, awesome. that's pretty much how our day goes. Cindy and I think we got a question asking about screen time. Um, I could address it in terms of my own home. Um, screen time. So I have an eight month old, um, a two and a half year old and a four and a half year old. And uh, the rules in our home is no screen time before the age of two. So the only screen time my two and four year old get uh, is when the baby is sleeping. And I've only recently introduced them to screen time. So they get um, about 16 minutes of screen time per week. So what I'll do is I'll choose one morning a week where I need to really catch up on work or catch up on housework, usually around Thursday or Friday. And that morning they'll get 30 to 60 minutes, or maybe sometimes I break it up into two mornings, but usually one to two shows. And I, I look at shows there's on YouTube, you can find uh, Mr. Dress Up, uh, which is something that I love to watch when I was young. And it's something a little slower and they do arts and crafts and they sing songs. So it's usually um, one of those episodes that they get to watch. And um, then what we do is we use those episodes of Mr. Dress Up to recreate it. So for example, he'll play bank sometimes uh, with, his, uh, with Casey. And then when the kids are done watching it, that um, creates our next activity. So we play bank together and we play pretend play. Um, so that, those are the rules in our home in terms of screen time. I don't know about your home, uh, Anel. The same. We only allow screen time on Saturdays, pretty much. Um, my older kids do have kind of free reign on Saturdays mm -hmm. because they do turn to, uh, they do uh, limit themselves. So because we started it at a young age, now that they're 12 and 10, after two, maybe three hours of screen time tops, they'll turn it off and then they go play. Um, my younger yeah, kids... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on. <laughs> My younger kids will have maybe uh, an hour or two of screen time, um, but usually we keep that to Saturdays unless I'm slammed with work and really mm -hmm. need, a, you know, a little bit, something that mm -hmm. keeps it busy. <laughs> and but, uh, I don't, sorry, I, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. Oh, uh, no. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. For us, in terms of replacing screen time, so um, when I'm preparing meals, usually I start playing with the kids right before I need to, or I mean, I was playing with the kids, so we, we create an activity or do something right before I need to start um, cooking. And that really helps them to continue playing while I'm preparing a meal. And with my baby, I usually include him with me. He'll, he's usually, usually in his high chair and I'll sit him beside me and as I'm cutting up some vegetables or some fruits, um, I'll give him little pieces on his um, tray so that he can start eating and it keeps him active um, while I'm preparing. Or I'll give him little kitchen items. So I'll do um, a little switch. I'll give him a spatula that he could sort of, you know, try to bite and chew. And then once he tosses it on the floor, I give him a whisk or something different that he could explore. Um, I think with younger children, since I'm home with uh, younger children, it's important to realize that they're attention span is give or take their age plus maybe three to five minutes. So it's not very long. So if you have a one-year-old who is focused for a good minute and a half, that's excellent. <laughs> but it's not excellent for us if we really have need the time to do some work and, and to get things done. Um, and again, it goes back to these sensory bins. And one another tip that I have when you're playing with them is it's sort of giving steps to their play. So if you introduce a sensory bin or you take out Play-Doh for an older child, don't give them all the items that they have for that activity. Give them a few. So one color of Play-Doh, um, a little knife to cut it up or a little wheel to, to do something and scroll or stamp. 
And then when you notice their attention span is sort of moving away from that activity, introduce two or three new items. So here's another stamp or here's your little pizza cutter and uh, here's a tray. So can you make me some cookies um, and give them another color Play-Doh by giving them that goal, uh, for example, can you make me some cookies and giving them a few extra items at a time, you're extending that play for them. And, and that's in terms of my experience and with younger children. So that really helps. And pretend play is, is, is really the boss in our house. It's pretend play every day. We, we become different characters, different uh, from books that we read, or uh, we can play um, restaurant. And that type of play with younger children allows you to sit at your desk and, and work, but have them beside you and you say, can you prepare me um, a blueberry muffin, a smoothie, and a soup? And they could, you know, even if you don't have a kitchen, you can have just a bowl and some measuring cups, anything from your kitchen. Because let's be honest, no matter how many toys we have for kids, they always come back and play with all our things that are in their kitchen and empty our drawers <laughs> and take Tupperwares. So taking those items that they want uh, and bringing them uh, in their environment and, say, and asking them questions, can you make me this or can you prepare this, will give them a goal, especially when they're young. They might not have developed that independent play yet, but providing them with goals will give them something to do and then you can type a little bit of work and then they give you that blueberry muffin and say, it's delicious, you have carrot muffins? <laughs> and then it continues the, the play with them. Uh, and now, Cindy, I'm actually conscious of the time and I just want to try and wrap things up a little bit. But we did get a yes. few questions because people couldn't um, come today. So we did have a few questions. I was just wondering if I could ask one or two of them. Um, yeah, of course. Is that okay? So for early years, uh, Cindy, I'm going to direct them to you and for if you could answer again to the elementary, primary age, if that's okay, Anel. So one, mm -hmm. one thing is everyone's asking about is juggling children of different ages. How do you get them to work together without a lot of whinging, without a lot of whining, without, and just so they're empowered rather than um, working against each other and you <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> It. With younger children, um, again, being with a baby, that was the challenging part at the beginning, having a toddler, a preschooler, and a baby. But I realized that through games such as the sensory bins and pretend play, they would, they would all play together. So now a sensory bin is large pom-poms or Cheerios. And by putting that in a bin, I'm not afraid of my baby sort of exploring it. So all three of them get to play together. By pretend play, we play doctor and we pretend that the baby's the, 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 the patient. So my older two will play and we'll check him and we'll use our stethoscope with him and, and he gets more involved and, you know, he, he sometimes allows us to do it. But certain games allow us to work together as a team or it's okay to separate. Um, so I could be doing something with my baby, reading a book to him or... I'm doing a separate activity and I prepared a different activity for my older two, or they're just playing with their blocks or their Legos. And I use those moments when they become really involved to step away and work with the baby as well. Fantastic. And now? I tend to uh, keep the kids, um, what I do, what I call discovery bins, which are similar to the sensory bins, but in there for the younger kids, I'll set several toys that um, are new each week. Uh, and these are things usually that they can do with their hands. It gets that sensory need met. Um, but each week I swap them out so that it's not the same boring stuff. And so if I'm doing a lesson that requires a lot of my attention with my older kids, I'll give my two and five-year-old this discovery bin. Some, some of the things I have in there are like lacing cards, lacing beads, all with which are larger, so they're not choking hazards for my baby and two-year-old. And then um, I also have things like 
those big giant calculators because um, we don't do screens throughout the week. Um, we have, we'll have calculators, which they think are like little phones. So they play, <laughs> they play like a, it's a phone. Um, we also have um, things that they like Play-Doh and stuff like that. Um, and I usually guide them toward the kitchen because if it does make a mess, it's easy for me to clean up right there. Um, and they're also nearby since we're in the dining area. Um, and the older kids do sometimes um, direct the younger kids. So when it's not lesson time, my older kids will keep the younger kids busy by guiding their play. Um, they also do lots of pretend play, even though they're older, they, they will play restaurant or veterinarian or doctor, things like that. And um, they'll usually, the older kids will gather supplies so that the younger ones can play. Fantastic. Do the older kids would provide, I suppose, a different dimension of learning for them because they've got a, big, a better understanding so they'd work together. Another question that's been asked a lot and we had that sent in a lot was how do you juggle children and working you know, without putting them in front of the screens, which we've heard how you do the screens, but when do you get to do this? Do you get up at four o'clock in the morning and work till seven? Cindy, I mean, this is particular. <laughs> Almost, <yeah. laughs> You're doing the podcast. You've, we've seen your mantra. Yes. All sorts of things. So would you like to let us know how you're juggling it? Because there's a lot of mums here that are working full time and they've just got their arms up. What are we doing? Yes. Well, I, I might do it a bit differently. So I tend to spend more time during the day playing with them. Um, and what I do is once uh, I notice that they're really into their activity and if my baby's napping in the morning and then I step away at that moment. So I, I let them guide me in terms of when it's time to step away. Um, because I find that when I have a specific time and I say, you know, I, I really need to work today from 8.30 to 9, let's say just that little half hour of a meeting or something, then they, it doesn't work out. But if I play with them and then get them involved in something and walk away, then they're fine. Um, but what I do is I, I work during nap time or sleep time. So in the afternoon, uh, and then once they go to bed at night, those are my work hours. It's not really, um, it's not easy because it means you're working from 9 p.m. till sometimes 1 a.m. But it, that's the way that I've been doing it. I don't know why, but it's working for now just because they're really young. But again, if they're, they're uh, if you want to work during the day, it's letting them guide the moment when it's time to step away. Fantastic. And Anel, how do you get everything done as well? Five kids homeschooling wouldn't be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very similarly. So while they are having quiet hour, I use that time. I also am usually up before they are. And so I'll, I'll get stuff done before they come downstairs. And if you noticed in my routine, we have that quiet wake up and personal time. So that's their time to get ready. And they, they know that's also my time to get ready for the day and whatever tasks I need to get done before they come downstairs. And they, they stay up there. Um, of course, in the beginning, it's, it's something that you have to practice and work on, but the more you do it, the kids will get used to it. And before you know it, they'll fall into a routine. Fantastic. So everyone, I'm very conscious of the time. And I did say that we'll have a 30 minute webinar today. And um, I just wanna say thank you to Cindy and to Amel for taking the time today to talk to us. Cindy, we love the fact that, I love the ideas of first, first you play, build the bond, build the connection, get them, and then you slip away nicely. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, and also, I mean, we understand you, everyone here is in the same boat. If they're working, they're going to be working during sleep time, nap time, getting up early. It's just going to be a little bit of a juggling act, even if it's um, doing uh, chores as well around the house. Anel, I like the fact that your children are helping you make lunch. That's amazing. Definitely, I think you need to come into my house. They're not doing that <laughs> The discovery bins, themes for the day, older children, looking at routines in a different way. I mean, some people would work with themes, some people would work with some structure, others like, you know, nine to 10 maths, 10 to 11. It's really, it's what can, what's gonna work for you as a family, depending on the age of your children, and also what the school sets out as well. If they've, mm -hmm. uh, if they've had time to set out enough work for your children. Um, Cindy has a lot of information on her Instagram account and so does Anel of Play Ideas. Uh, Cindy's also got, I think you said today you put up 20 ideas, 20 ideas for... Um, yes, yeah, so if you, you can go to curiousneuron.com, um, neuron, N-U-R-O-N, um, or my Instagram account, uh, and if you click on the link, you'll get, um, you could subscribe and you get a two-page PDF that has different play categories for preschool and ideas for each play category, uh, as, and another PDF that gives you a daily schedule so you can fill it out. Um, I've prepared two new blog posts uh, that I published yesterday with the top um, Instagram accounts that would allow you to um, prepare activities that are easy with items that you have at home. And I also gave my five tips to scheduling a play day um, with preschool children. So all that is available on my Thank you to Dr. Cindy Hovington from Curious Neurons and Anel Lestage from At Home School and Play. If there's any topics you wish EDX Education to cover, please reach out. Happy homeschooling.